knocks it off Hader in the bottom of the 10th inning. And you know where we're going. Pack your bags, folks. All aboard. Next stop, Pound Town. And here's the 1-0 pitch to Matt. Swung on Marsh to left field deep. Matt going back, looking up. He will watch it fly. And a miraculous comeback by the A's in the ninth is capped by Matt Chapman's three-run home run. And the A's have won the game. You're now listening to The C-Meds with Adam Copeland and Ted Ramey, only on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's going on, everybody? It's The Seamheads Podcast, back for the second rendition of 2020. We are uh, about... I guess two weeks away from the start of Major League Baseball season uh, getting going. And, uh, Ted, you made the reference to me when we first uh, connected here uh, on the podcast that our last episode lasted about a day before the A.J. Puck shoulder soreness issues have come into play now and uh, and maybe a little bit irrelevant. Uh, kind of a bummer already to the start of this spring training, Ted. Yeah, they, they call me Mr. Glass uh, was the <laughs> quote from A.J. Puck. I just I couldn't believe that. I was like, Give me 24 hours. Give me 24 hours of sounding on point. And it's it's your entire point. Because you were like, well, you know, it's always in the back of my head that something's going to happen. And, of course, immediately, I don't I don't know, man. It was just, it was frustrating. And you want the guy to be back because he's, he's a phenom when he's healthy. I mean, the guy looks exactly like he's been purported to be. I know the MRI said it was all good, nothing structural. This is what spring training is is for. They're going to see where he's at today, Thursday, when we're recording this, and Friday. So in the grand scheme, it's probably very, very minor. When they say mild shoulder strain, that could just be he slept funny and then felt something odd when he was throwing because, listen, we all know pitching is a very odd motion and it's not the most uh, it's not the most natural movement that the human body will ever make, so whatever. So it is relatively benign in the grand scheme of things, but it was just like, really? Like that quick, huh? As soon as me and Kobe even start talking about it, and then suddenly it pops up. So, yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. I just hope he's all right. Well, two things. Yeah, first of all, the arm built to throw in supination, not pronation, I think is the anatomy you're looking for, Ted. And the other side of that is, is the Mr. Glass comment in reference to the uh, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, like, glass? Uh, what's the uh, Bermuda's Triangle? Sorry, what's the other uh, the other movie? Glass movies? is the movie. That's the more recent one. That's but the recent one. Unbreakable, Unbreakable. And then there was the other one. Split. Uh, Split. Split. Is, that, yeah. is that what he was referencing? Yes, that was. Um, now, that movie, I thought, kind of a cool movie series, uh, not executed well in Glass, I thought. I, I would have yeah, to agree Glass, with you on that one, yeah. Glass lost me a bit. I thought they really, I mean, I don't want to go spoilers, but I did not like where they went with that. It it, bo- it bothered me. Yeah, it was uh, it was different than I thought it was going to go. Anyway, back to the Oakland A's. So what this means now is is I, I'm not as, uh, as, Ted, you seem a little hopeful in saying maybe he slept on it wrong. Right, like I, I, I think maybe we'd all hope that that was the case. But the other concern is he's two years removed from Tommy John. Um, this is a shoulder thing, though, not a not a UCL thing. It sounds like for AJ Puck. But what's disconcerting here is that uh, what we talked about in the first episode is this is always going to be in the back of your head. I think with Puck and Lazardo until they can show some level of consistency throughout, not just a full minor league season, but like doing it at the major league level day in and day out. Lucky for the A's, they're in a situation now where it seems like maybe they've got some depth at the starting pitching spot. Chris Bassett, who made a bunch of starts last year, uh, who threw three innings yesterday, got knocked around a little bit in the first, but he didn't give up another hit after that. Melvin said just kind of one bad pitch there. Looks like maybe he could be now a front runner for one of those rotation spots. Well, I definitely think that with Puck and, and Lazardo, since they do have that injury history and they are so young, I think the A's are going to have an overly cautious approach regardless. I mean, even if it... 
if it's a tiny little twinge he felt, he's like, oh, I just kind of slept on it funny. I think that it's early enough in spring training. They feel comfortable with their depth. They're not going to push it and say, well, look, we really need you. Uh, I think if it was, you know, the World Series and they needed him to start, I, I'm certain he would be starting through some minor shoulder discomfort. It just strikes me as one of those things where it's still early enough in spring training. He has enough time to continue to build up his innings throughout the rest of spring. And, and there, there is no reason that you would push him and do anything other than take it extremely cautiously and slowly. Because like you mentioned, you have Chris Bassett and you have other arms that are ready to go. I think if they weren't as comfortable with their depth, they might be panicking a little more. But the fact that Montas has looked good, you still have fires in Manaya. Lazardo looks like he's a Cy Young candidate right now. I mean, just incredible stuff. Uh, you got to feel like there's also depth with Paul Blackburn. There's depth. You have a Tanner Anderson and, and guys like James Caprelli and Grant Holmes aren't too far away either. So if you have all those guys, I think you can say, you know what, we're going to make sure even if Puck starts the season, you know, his his innings aren't worked up to six, seven innings ready to go. If we can just make sure he's fully healthy before we ramp him back up, that's more important because we got guys that can eat innings in bulk with, with guys like Bassett. Yeah, the A's always seem to have the ability to go to the next man up uh, in starting pitching. They've always been able to find guys or put guys in the right situation to where they will succeed. The, the problem that I have with that is that you're looking at what is going to be a very tight race. I mean, this is what we talked about all last year was that the A's were essentially in a playoff race from May on. It's probably why Chris Davis couldn't get the rest that he needed. It's probably why you had a couple other situations involving um, Barreto in particular, why you couldn't give him the extended look because they couldn't work through these growing pains. And you want to have that situation, and I know it's exceedingly rare in baseball, where Fires, Mania, Montas, Lazardo, and Puck are going to be fine start to finish because you feel like you'll need all that to maybe not just make the playoffs, but you know, to win that division and put yourself in a position where you're not in that one game playoff, which does not work well to the A's strengths. If we go off recent history, you know, like you want to be able to use puck all year long and get the most out of them. And if we're already talking before the start of the year about Bassett or Caprellian, then that's obviously a, a change not just in the ideology, but a change in what the A's want to do. Now, again, it's baseball. Pitchers go down. If you're comparing this to what the Giants are dealing with in Tyler Labidi, totally different scenario. I feel much better about Puck. But it feels like it will take everything the A's have from that top five starting rotation to potentially win the division. Am I, am I wrong in feeling like that? No, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. And I think last year what we looked at is the starting rotation was pretty darn good. It was the bullpen that was a much bigger concern. Yeah. If, if you look at what was consistent and, and not consistent from the time that they went and they brought in Homer Bailey, he was able to put together a bunch of good starts uh, in Oakland. I know we get banged around in Houston, but lots of things were getting banged around in Houston, trash cans in particular. Um, but you look at, at <laughs> yeah, that was for you, Ted. Thanks. I appreciate the uh, the laugh there in looking at AJ puck though my thought is is yeah you take it slow with him I wonder if they look at this as, as an opportunity to say hey we need to limit not just like innings on your shoulder or or uh tons of stress on the shoulder but I ups wonder and downs too I wonder if they if they yeah. make the decision at, at maybe throwing this guy in the bullpen as a super relief guy in the way that they used Jesus Lazardo at the end of last year AJ puck didn't make a start last year you do have Bassett who's looked very good I just wonder based on like in the National League West, teams are starting to stack left-handed pitching because yeah. they're concerned about the Dodgers and all the left-handed bats they have. 
do we even have that problem or that situation in the American West? Well, unfortunately, the, the big bats in, in the AL West right now, you're looking at Mike Trout. You're looking at Rendon. You're looking at Altuve. You're looking at Bregman. We're looking, you're looking at all at right-handed bats. A lot of right-handed bats. Yeah. Uh, the thing I will say, if, if we do want to make a National League comparison, might Puck become a Josh Hader that's significantly less racist and homophobic? That's, I mean, that's that's what we're looking at. A guy that can throw 100 miles an hour from the left side. He originally was a starter. They brought him in the bullpen, and they found that, hell, we can throw this guy for an inning. We can throw him for two innings. Baseball's and, all about finding value in that asset yeah. now. And if you do have comfort, uh, a certain comfort level in your starting rotation that you can get the innings you need, uh, and and not feel like you're putting some scrub guy that belongs in AAA as your number five starter. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like how I see in basketball. If a player like say Buddy Heald with the Kings, right? He's coming off the bench now, but if he's still getting his minutes, he's still getting his his start or his um his shots up. It doesn't really matter where you're getting those innings. If AJ Puck is only going to pitch say 80 innings because that's how much his arm can handle. Do I really need them to be in the starting rotation? Or could I say, hey, we're going to use you like how we used uh, Lou Trevino and Blake Trinan two years back in 2018, where we're going to use you an inning one day, we'll use you two innings another day. If if they decide to go that route, I'm not concerned about whether it's to start a game or end a game. I just want to make sure he's he's getting his innings. And, I mean, obviously it would be fun to have him pitch six innings every fifth day, 32 starts in a season. But if that's just the reality is this is a guy that, that can't, for whatever reason, have his body hold up for that many innings, I, I have no qualms with him being a, a super reliever, essentially. And the other thing, too, we, we always talk about the bullpen last year struggled. As much as they struggled by almost any metric other than blown saves, they were a top five bullpen in baseball in terms of ERA, in terms of uh, fielding independent of pitching, FIP, in terms of their – they just – I feel like they severely underperformed, and if you gave me the exact same bullpen and ran it back in 2020, I wouldn't be surprised if it was top three bullpen in baseball. And you know, the the to me the biggest question is going to be: Can Liam Hendricks repeat what he did last year? Because we were saying last year, can Blake Trinan? Obviously, he can't put up another sub one ERA season, but how will he he follow up such an, an incredible season? And, you know, it was it was a struggle for him. And, and luckily for the A's, they had Liam Hendricks there to kind of pick up the pieces. But I, I almost wonder if we end up having a similar situation where if Hendricks starts struggling early, maybe there's a different reliever. Maybe it's Lou Trevino. Maybe it's Joaquin Soria, Yusmero Petit, whoever it may be. I, I think that there's enough solid arms and enough veteran presence that the bullpen will be fine. I am far less concerned about the bullpen than I think most A's fans at this point. If you were to guess on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if doctors decide that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. 
With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash Oakland for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Oakland for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Yeah, I think with with Liam Hendricks, it, I'm not going to be surprised if he struggles this year because outside of a very select few in Major League Baseball, um, the, the, the consistency of a closer is something that is there one year and gone the next. I mean, it's very, very rare that guys have been that good. And actually, that could be the role that Puck eventually moves into if you are looking at a guy who does not have the durability and can be more used to fire those bullets out of the bullpen. Um, it will be really interesting to see how that plays out. But the thing about Hendricks is it didn't seem like he was, it seemed like he was controlling at bats. It seemed like he was putting the ball where he wanted it to. It didn't seem like he was getting these incredible outings that were also predicated upon incredible defense or, I mean, the A's have very good defense. Obviously I won't deny that, but, but wasn't trying and doing that in 2018. Well, yes, that's why I'm saying it's, it, it, it can be here and gone tomorrow. I'm just saying that from what I saw from him, it didn't seem like it was as close to falling off a cliff, but we said the same thing about trying in. And we said the same thing about a lot of other pitchers that we've seen before. I just don't feel it's as close to falling off a cliff based on the evidence we see, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen regardless. I mean, for all we know there, all it takes is one minor thing to throw off a guy's delivery. And then they're, they're never the same. Yeah. I like the idea that, that, Rob had given about using puck. I mean, out of relief, it seems like when a guy is hurt like that and you want to take stress in innings off of the guy's arm, it's kind of the route you go. You throw him in the bullpen and seem like maybe that was going to be a spot for Chris Bassett even before he kind of earned the rotation spot last year and anchored himself in because he was a high-velocity guy who looked like he could eat up some middle innings. But to your point, Rob, about if you're going to use him for 80 innings and it doesn't really matter where you use him and if you're going to use him as an opener or whatever – why don't you, you throw him in the bullpen, and then you can have Chris Bassett go the five that he did frequently last year. I mean, looking at his numbers from last season, Chris Bassett had a damn good year. 25 starts, 28 games, 10-5 and five with a 3-8-1, 141 strikeouts and 144 innings. He had a one one nine whip. We saw him throw incredibly, I thought, late into games till he hit like the sixth or seventh inning, which is where we are now in baseball. So if you can have one of those super relievers who can come in and sort of serve you as, as the way Yusmero Petit did, but from the left side and as a flamethrower, sort of be a compliment to, to Diekman there, I think you get tons of value out of Puck. The other side of this is you can use him as a spot starter. I just think that you've got to make sure you can keep him in the big leagues. You can make sure he's healthy. Take this pressure off of his arm. And I'll put this question out to both of you guys. With AJ Puck hurt now, and let's let's play play like imaginary situation here. Let's say he doesn't pitch this year. Does your expectation for the A's change based on what happens with AJ Puck, or did you look at him as an extra asset that was going to help this team? Ooh, uh, yeah, it does change the outlook. I mean, I still think without Puck, they're a playoff team. But if that one through five rotation is as strong as we think it's capable of being, then the A's have the ability to be one of those transcendent teams. Uh, much like we saw from young talented of the Cubs and of the Astros of year past. Now, obviously, the Astros and their success is colored a little bit differently now. That said, I am not one of those people who thinks that that was the only reason the Astros won. The Astros are a ridiculously talented team, and they particularly were in 2017, just as I think they will be in 2020. Um, but the A's, with the way it's lining up with that one through five in that rotation, and I mean, that's why Billy Bean is out there saying this is as talented a team as he's ever had, and he ranked it over that 0-1 team, which is the gold standard. Um, you take away puck, yeah, you know, maybe you go from a team that has the capability of winning 
105 games back down into the 97, 98 realm. And that it can be a margin as small as that and, and changes things. Rob? Uh, I definitely think it's a big deal. The, the thing that I remember is spring training 2018. A.J. Puck had not pitched an inning in AAA. He'd finished the previous season in Midland. He was, I think, second or third in all of minor league baseball in strikeouts. The, just the excitement, the overall excitement was incredible. And it kind of reminds me of our excitement of last season from Jesus Lazardo. So I think he has the opportunity. I think Lazardo has a slightly higher ceiling because he's got that um, plus command. But I'm looking at two guys that are legitimate aces when they hit their, their ceiling. And so I do think that, you know, it's it's a luxury for the A's to have a second bona fide ace because they have a Jesus Lazardo. But it also what it does is it, it just trims that margin of error because if the A's come in healthy and they lose a big arm and Lazardo or Puck, you're saying, okay, well, that sucks, but we still have a solid rotation. If you take Puck out of that equation, now an injury to Lazardo, all of a sudden you're taking what was a potential big plus in the rotation, and now you're kind of bringing it to league average and saying, well, we're starting to have to rely on more depth guys. And so, I mean, he, he is a big – he's a talented prospect. He's a talented arm, and I think that if utilized correctly, he can be a huge difference maker – whether it be in a Josh Hader type role in the bullpen, or even if he's only throwing five innings a start, if he's giving you five absolutely electric innings, like watching some of his spring training games, what he did to Chris Bryant, I mean, he was pumping 97, 98 in his first outing easy, and then his slider's looking good, and all his off-speed pitches, I, I think as pitchers continue to progress through spring training, their off-speed stuff starts to get a little sharper, they get better command of it, so if your slider is looking that good, and you're you're feeling good this early in spring training uh if you can stay healthy and, and continue on that plan that's that's like a dynamic lights out top my, I, dare i say top 45 30 pitcher in baseball i agree but i i tell you what guys i don't think he's gonna stay healthy i don't buy that this is a guy who's got a bill of health that's gonna be okay for him i think the the potential yeah. is through the roof i'm looking at his minor league numbers he's played three minor league seasons 55 total games 38 starts he made four starts all of last year in the minor leagues. The most innings he's ever thrown in a single minor league season was 125 innings back in 2017, and even then he only made 24 starts out of the 27 appearances. I don't think we've seen any level of consistency to suggest that this is a guy who can get through the grind of a major league season, which is why when I think about my expectations for the A's and where they could go this year, they hinge way more on Jesus Lazardo than they ever did for me on A.J. Puck. We've seen more from Lazardo. We've seen what he could do at the major league level. And Ted, I'll let you go in just a sec. I just I, I see this team as a World Series caliber team. I think if a guy like Puck can be thrust into a role where he helps him to both your guys' points, obviously it makes them better. I just don't have that expectation. I think I've got those – I him not playing or starting the season in the rotation or even in the bullpen for me, and this is all speculative, my expectations for the team don't change at all, Ted. I think the problem with me, with me is that I, I've seen this – this you know horse and pony show before yeah. and its name was rich harden mm -hmm. exactly and exactly i've also looked at this and i'm saying if he isn't healthy this represents an extreme value loss in terms of a draft pick for the A's. Sure. he was a high high draft pick this was like sixth overall pick i mean this was the guy who was supposed to be the next huge talent and if he can't stay healthy which it seems to be trending in that direction it's just a huge loss overall i mean that's i, I understand pitchers do not stay healthy. They they get hurt. That's what pitchers do. But we're seeing a trend that says 
it's not like he's breaking his arm. These are soft tissue injuries that are appearing time and time and time again. That is problematic. Now, again, this seems relatively minor. It's non-structural according to the MRI. We don't know the severity. But, again, it's like, what is this more in line with? What we've seen over the past three years or not? And it's what we've seen over the past three years. I'm going to channel my inner Aaron Rodgers. Relax. <laughs> Relax. Let's not give other A's fans a heart attack hearing if he doesn't pitch this season. Like, again, all signs point to this being incredibly minor. Uh, if it was forearm tightness, if it was anything regarding that elbow, I'm a lot more what if it's concerned. A, what if it's a labrum? What if it's a – I mean, this is what I'm saying is we just don't know yet, and I get it's so early. That well, then we the don't... Kings will tell us in three weeks we actually <laughs> knew it was a labrum tear when it was. We don't, we don't want to spec- – I'm with you. We don't want to speculate too far. I'm talking more about – expectation for this rotation and for the season. I go into this season, to be quite frank with you, I would be more comfortable with Chris Bassett in there as the five starter than I would with A.J. Puck to start the year because we haven't seen him start a Major League Baseball game. He's only started 38 games in his professional career, and his career ERA in the minors is a hair under four. He wasn't, like, the stuff is there. We see the the potential for him, but he wasn't setting the earth on fire. Yeah, that that would be considered a plus plus ERA in the in the uh, the PCL last year because that that juiced ball and some of those. That's a, I'm parts. talking I'm talking career career. Yeah. career. Last year in the, it wasn't a plus plus. Last year in the minor leagues, he had an ERA of five. Yeah, you know what I mean. He wasn't setting the earth on fire. So I I get the excitement around him because of of what the potential is. But right now, I'm not buying in. I don't look at this guy and say lock him in. Chris Bassett doesn't have a rotation spot. I just I can't do it myself. Oh, I'm with you, and I I definitely think this injury gives Chris Bassett I think this opens the gates it is his the fifth starter spot is his spot to lose at this point in my opinion because they will be you know continuing to bring AJ Puck down and if they shut him down for another couple days and say he misses another start and then you don't want to say okay now go out there and throw five innings throw an inning again we're going to start ramping you back up nice and slow there's a good chance that by the end of spring training he might not be ready to go five six innings in a game and we might see him in more of a you know come out of the bullpen, give us three innings like Lazardo did at the end of last season. But, uh, again, I think the, the key thing up and down this roster for the A's is depth. And a team that wins the World Series doesn't win it on their 25 or now 26-man roster. It's about the 40-man roster. And the, this, the luxury that the A's have is that we're talking about losing a very talented starter, and we're saying, yeah, it sucks – but, you know, we still have five guys we're really comfortable with. Well, I'm, that we I'm can saying throw it sucks, and I still think they're World Series contenders. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> like, I don't even give a damn, dude. I'm like, let's leave Bassett in there. Let's let him go his five innings like he's done. Throw Petit in there. Let Hendricks go and do what you did last year. I think Bassett can really build on this. Oh, I do too. And, and I think that Bassett, before his injury, before his Tommy John, uh, he was he was showing some signs of being a, a very good pitcher, I think. Uh, the half season before he had his Tommy John surgery, something kind of clicked for him, and he started pitching well, and I was getting really excited. And then you hear those dreaded two words, Tommy John, and you're like, ah, God damn it. But um, I, I think if you're the A's, you look at the, the catching position. You feel comfortable if Sean Murphy stays healthy. That's going to be a plus situation. But you look at the battle between Austin Allen and Jonah Heim. Both of them are swinging the bat really well in spring training. Austin Allen threw a runner out. Uh, a couple days ago, and, and Jonah Heim is known for being an above-average defender. You look at the second-base position. Tony Kemp's having a monster spring training so far, but Barreto had the triple and, and was playing. He broke up the no-hitter and was that Wednesday's game or, or Tuesday's game, and 
So he's starting to pick it up. Mateo had a three-hit game. He's starting to pick it up. So there's depth there. There's depth in the outfield where it seems like he got 14 guys just trying to get into into the big league. So at the end of the day, you got to feel really comfortable that even if there's there's always injuries in spring training, there's always injuries throughout a season, but I think the A's are especially well equipped to handle a player going down at any given position, especially when you have guys like Mark Canna, where if one of your your center fielder goes out, out, Mark Canna can fill in. Your DH goes out, Mark Canna can fill in. He can play corner outfield. If if you really needed him to play some first base, he can. So, again, we're let's not get too doom and gloom on an injury because after a very slow start, I mean, spring training numbers take with a, a pound of salt, but the A's are playing better baseball. Um, the, I just have a confidence level in this team, and I think that once the season starts, I don't think this is going to be – another one of those years where they come out and and they trip on their dick and they fall face first and and are sitting six games under 500 and have to turn it around and, and have an amazing second half to try to catch the Astros. I think this is the year they come out strong. I think this is the year they're trying to send a message to everyone else in baseball. And, and I really do believe that with all the distractions with the Astros, I still think the Angels can't pitch. And yes, the Rangers have a new ballpark and and they traded for Kluber and their rotation could be solid. I still think that the A's are, as of right now, I'm going to say the second best team in the American League, and you can convince me that they're the best team in the American League. The problem that I have, though, is that even if we don't get doom and gloom, it's still, we've done this before. I mean, that's, that's I think, where A's fans are because it wasn't like an overreaction from A's fans that I talked to about A.J. Puck. It was just like, here we go again. It was like, we've been down this road before. Let's get prepared to go down this road again, as opposed to everything lining up for a magical season. Now you're thinking, all right, what is the actual damage going to be in terms of what happens now and between now and opening day? So I think that's just where A's fans are. It's like, oh, uh, this again, huh? All right, let's see where this goes. Yeah, it's, it's all about just, I mean, as you said, you could be a damn good team. You could win 97 games two years in a row, and 97 wins is sometimes good enough to win the division. Sometimes it's good enough to play one wild card game, and that's the way it goes. So uh, we're going to keep monitoring this A.J. Puck thing. Obviously, that's that's what we spent our time on today. And then we'll uh, the other the other two big things that Rob just mentioned, the backup catcher position and the, uh, the second base battle. Bob Melvin's still basically saying it's wide open. All these guys are playing pretty good ball. So we'll be back talking to you guys on Monday, and I'm sure we'll have a few more topics as far as A's baseball in spring training is concerned. Uh, Good show today, guys. Talk to you guys Monday. Peace.